apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2011280L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And last week, you said you were concerned about the Yankees. I wasn't as concerned about the Yankees. But right now, I think we got to have concern for the Yankees with the way they've been playing because they have lost 10 of their last 12. They've lost 12 of their last 15. Their offense has really, really started to, to start to struggle. They've, have, they've scored uh, eight runs in their last seven games. Uh, they, they don't have a closer right now. I mean – I think Chapman's eventually going to take it over now that uh, Clay Holmes on the DL. So the closer situation, that's a question mark. The starting pitching, yes, it's been better of late, but it's definitely been inconsistent. So this Yankee team right now, they are really, really struggling. Uh, and, uh, I, and I think there has to be concern. You said it last week, you were concerned. Right now, I, I am definitely concerned. Yeah, you have to be. Since the All-Star break, they're 8-17, and which is the third worst record in all Major League Baseball, this behind or only in front of the Detroit Tigers and Pittsburgh Pirates. That's how bad they've been since the All-Star break. And they're 20 and 27 since June 26th. Like, this has been almost two months now of kind of playing under 500 baseball. And, yeah, you know, you said it. The offense has been horrible. I know Sands has been out. Judges is, is one for his last 14. Again, he's been a great – he's had an unbelievable year, but somebody's got to pick up the slack. I know DJ's on the IL now. Um, you know, it sounds like they're calling up Florial and Oswald Cabrera, but again, you know, and then, you know, 
Boone last night goes, well, you know, we put Marlon Gadas in there to for a spark. Uh, what spark? He's absolutely terrible. He's absolutely horrible. And and you've said it. This offense has been absolutely has been absolutely terrible. And it's been everyone. It's been Judge. It's been Rizzo. It's been Torres. It's been DJ when he's been in there. It's been it's, Donaldson. It's oh Hicks has been absolutely it's, horrible. It's, horrible. Can we the moon. Oh my God, he's been absolutely terrible. I am done with Aaron Hicks. That at bat on Monday night was absolutely terrible. He should have been done right right there. No wonder they're bringing Flory Flory up because you just can't play Hicks. You can't have Hicks in this lineup. He's been that bad. But the whole lineup's been terrible. And that was that was the thing this year. And that was the biggest reason they were as good as they were is because of how good how good this lineup was. How how well Rizzo was hitting. How well Stan was hitting when he when he was in there. How well Judge was hitting. What Carpenter was doing in the lineup. And even guys that are struggling now were hot then. Donaldson was hot. Torres was hot. Those guys were hot. Now, no one's hot at all. And and and, and this offense is just absolutely putrid right, right now. Right now. It's been good all, good all year, but it's been putrid lately. Yeah, it's it's been ugly. It's, just, it's horrible at bats. It's just runners a scoring position they can't do anything with. You know, um, they just, again, extra innings the other night against the Red Sox. It's like, dude, why, why is it so hard to try to bun up? Especially because Torres and Donaldson, were they both were missing fastballs right down the heart of the plate. And he can't catch up to those. Something's off. Something's wrong. And th- those two have been horrible. Yeah, it's been the whole lineup lately. They don't have a leadoff hitter right now. You know, I know Ben Attendee's, you know, he got a hit. He got oh, the score in last age. Oh, my God. Big. And ben I wonder. Is, what were you going to say? I wonder because Coffin Stadium is such, there's just so much outfield room there where he could kind of just, you know, find some space out there. While Yankee Stadium, we know it's not a big park whatsoever, and I, I wonder if that's maybe one of the problems he's having right now, just not as big of a park, you know, because, yeah, he's been great. I know he got a triple last night, but, yeah, they, they need more out of him. But, yeah, it just, it's been yeah, just up and down the lineup. Like, yeah, Hicks, Hicks and Donaldson are total making $35 million. That's more than what the Pirates payroll. I think it's close to the Orioles payroll. It just, it's pathetic and he brought up Benintendi and this hasn't been a good signing so far he was he was he, he was brought here to be the leadoff hitter he was brought here to be the leadoff hitter and Boone took him out of there right off the bat because he, he couldn't do it and he he was he hit really well for average this year in Kansas City he's been absolutely terrible since he's been here he's been absolutely horrendous for this team so yeah it's it just it's just been it's just been absolutely pathetic for the for the Yankees so far it's just and and and, and the thing is is you you look down and a Justin came back as, as Justin. Uh, I was t- I was talking about uh, how, how bad uh, Benintendi's been. It's just it's been it's been awful. It's, it's just he's just he's he's been awful too. It's just a, that's been a bad trade by Cashman. Yeah, it has been, and I I, I thought that was gonna be a great pickup for him because he's just such a great hitter. But yeah, for whatever reason, it just hasn't fit yet. And I, as I mentioned, I think it's I, I just I don't know if it's a difference with the ballparks or whatnot. But yeah, it's been. It's been horrible since five times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I am fired. It, I am. I definitely am. Because you thought this team for the first three months of the season, you thought during that Astro series when they had those two come from behind wins, that those two come from behind wins against the Astros, you thought this team was special. You really thought this team was a special team. People, they were getting comparisons to the 98 Yankees. But the way they're playing right now, I mean, they'll, they'll be lucky to get to the ALCS the way they're playing right now. I don't, uh, right now, the Astros are clearly the favorite. In the American in the American League, don't start calling me an Astros fan. I mean, I know I've been hyping them up for years, but don't start calling me an Astros fan. I'm just telling the truth. They're clearly the best team in the American League. So I mean, yeah, this team right now would be lucky to get to the ALCS. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they, they can't beat anybody right now. You know, you can't beat the struggling Boston Red Sox, who they finally beat, had a serious win into the American League East this last past weekend. Um, you know, the and yeah, you know, and, and when they played the Astros, their offense was going well, but their 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 rotation for the most part shut them down. You know, that they, they and their bullpen's been great mostly against them. I know they've had success against Preston had- over the years, but yeah, they, 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 if it wasn't for the Astros bullpen, they probably would have gotten swept. So they have they had success yeah. against the Astros bullpen, but in the double in the, in the double header, the Astros bullpen had had success against them. Yeah, and that's that's a major turn, especially the way they're winning that town. But this is, but I'll be this is a team I thought we were going to see all year. It's just a mediocre baseball team. That that's really what I thought because John Donaldson's not the same guy, you know. And again, he's on the roster next year. He's making another twenty five million next year. We're going to have to deal with that next year, even though I think you, at some point you may have to DFA him if this thing gets any worse. You know, Hicks is still under contract for the next couple of years. You know, I, oh, again, God. if they don't sign Aaron oh, Judge. Oh, if they don't reach I don't, don't even, we'll, we'll get to that. That, 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 will, that would be t- – the, the fan base will turn on Cashman. Cashman will probably get fired if that happens. I, you think, I, the fan base, the yeah, fan base would know. completely turn on Cashman. But that, that's another story for another day. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – yeah, it's just been – it's been t- – it's been – Bad all around right now. Yeah, as you said, Donaldson is not his best days are behind him. Uh, uh, Torres has been average. DJ has been average. Kiner Falefa, outside of that one game, mm. he has struggled as well. I mean, yeah, he saved us in that one game where he hit his first home run and had that bunt single. But he's been a- he's been average too. Hicks is absolutely horrendous. Benintendi's been horrendous since he's came here. And when Judge struggles, you know this lineup is going to struggle because because he's been so good all year. Yeah, absolutely. And you knew at some point he was going to have to cool off. But it was just going to happen. He was just on a ridiculous pace. It was going to happen, and it's a horrible time for it to happen. But, yeah, it's been bad. You know, I know they've tried to endure hard. They've given him another shot, but he hasn't really done much. Um, you know, yeah, like the catch, you know, Torino starting to you know, cool off. But, yeah, Connor Falefa, the small ball, he hit the two-run homer the other night. But, yeah, it's, it's this lineup's been putrid. And, again, Cashman built a mediocre team, and – we're seeing a mediocre team, for instance. Uh, you know, we we we've seen a mediocre team the last almost two months now. You know, as I yeah. mentioned, you know, through twenty twenty seven since June twenty sixth, it, it's a mediocre team he built. They got hot. They were hot for a while, but at some point, you knew this team was going to cool off and start, you know, playing more to their baseball cards, the back of the baseball cards, and it's happened in a huge way. And you know, it, it's it's a lot of been horrible, and the pitching stats. They've really pitched well the last two weeks too. Like yeah, they've been yeah, in every yeah, game. Yeah, Ty, Tyone's Tyone's pitched better. Cortez is outside that three run homer. He's pitched well. Yeah. Garrett Cole, and that's the yeah. one saving grace. Garrett Cole's pitched well the last two starts. I know they're not against the best lineups, the Mariners and the Rays, but he's pitched well the last two starts. That's the one saving grace there. Yeah, Cole, Cole, Cole has pitched well. Uh, even Herman has pitched has pitched well too. Montez was better in his last start, so the rotation hasn't been too bad recently. But yeah, the offense has been bad, and it could continue to struggle outside of the outside of Stanton and Judge because of the age of some of these guys. Rizzo is old. DJ is in, in his thirties. Uh, Glaber, I think, is just an average player at best. Donaldson, he's in his thirties. Hicks is absolutely horrendous. Benintendi, honestly, I think that, I think it was I think that earlier this year in Kansas City was a fluke. He can't hit for any power. So I think this lineup could continue to struggle. I don't think it's going to get. I think this lineup uh, peaked in in, in 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 June in June. I think this lineup is going, to, is going to continue to struggle, especially without Carpenter, because really there's two guys you can count on in this lineup. It's Judge and it's Stanton. And I know I know Rizzo was ha- is having a really good year, but I think he's starting to struggle. 
struggled recently. He's really starting to struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw the struggles he had the other night, and he started uh, swinging a bat at you know. You see the frustration the other night from him. Yeah, you know, yeah, Stan again. He's a guy that it's he's been healthy for the most part this year, but yeah, he's you know now he's been out for almost a month, and they they really miss him. You know, Carpenter again. It's it's crazy to sit here thinking that Matt Carpenter is going to be such a huge loss, but you know he's been great and. And Bader, too. Like, again, he's a great center fielder. He's going to take Aaron Hicks' spot, but he's not great with the bat, though. He's got great no, speed, not, but he's not great with the it's bat. not going to help offensively, and we lost well, depth in our rotation. That was, a, that was a horrendous trade by Cashman. Horrendous. And Montgomery's been great for St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. Terrible trade. Well, terrible. Yeah, Absolutely terrible trade. Yeah. Terrible you know, trade. It was. And, you know, I, I, I don't – Bader's back next year, but, yeah, I just – I don't – I don't get it. You know, we're going to have to – you know, and, and the thing is, too, with Florio coming up, I know, you know, he's getting another chance and maybe he gets more of an everyday role with how bad Hicks has been. But he hasn't done much. You know, Cabrera, again, I they they should have called a Perez instead of Cabrera. You know, Perez, again, hit another home run last night to, um, you know, give him the lead. I think it was the game-winning home run. I You know, so I don't know why you don't call up a guy like that. Who, if you want to let it spark, why don't you bring up one of your best prospects? I, Cabrera's like 13th, I believe, 12th or 13th. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, and I don't get why the Yankees kind of sit on these prospects and kind of wait till you're the Yankees. You should be able to pay anybody you want. So like, yeah, I, yes, don't, I don't, I yeah, don't have the service. Yeah. Stop sitting on the prospects. Get rid of Aaron Hicks. He's absolutely horrendous. You, you didn't need to trade for Ben Intendi. He's he hasn't been good. You know, stop, stop. Yeah. Stop it with, with the whole pro bring these pro once they're ready to go, bring these prospects up. One of Cashman's best things he did was when he brought up Glaber and Duhar in 2018, when, when Jury and Wade weren't doing anything, he brought up Claver and Duhar, and the offense was really good. So bring the prospects up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even that end of you know 2016 when they brought up Judge and, and uh, that was Sanchez. great. That was that was How, val such valuable experience for those two guys, and it, and it helped them get to the ALCS the next year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it did. You know, kind of if has got one year left, but then that that starting shortstop position is probably be open because I don't see them resigning kind of for a long term deal. So. Yeah, give, give give Peraza some run here. I, I guess you're giving Cabrera some run, but again, I I think Peraza is probably gonna be the better one. But yeah, I just I don't I, I don't get it. Yeah, Cashman's usually kind of knows the time of bringing these guys up, but yeah, I I don't know what he's kind of sitting on here waiting for. They must think something. They you know, but at this time at this point, but like look at the Braves have done. You know, they just signed Michael Harris again. They yeah. eight years. They, you know, they they've been great at that. He's called yeah, up this dude last week from Double A, and he did yeah. over the Yeah, their situation in second base and center field were not good, and they improved those situations. They don't just let they don't just let it happen. The Yankees are just letting Aaron. Hicks, I mean, now they're bringing up Florida, but for a while the Yankees were just letting Aaron Hicks not be any good, and that that just can't happen. You can't just let it happen when you have a farm system. Bring guys up. Yeah, absolutely. It's like they were sitting here kind of resting on the lead. And again, it's I it's still in nine games, but the way they're playing and they're playing the Rays, again, that thing's going to keep sweeping. Or, you know, especially this roster schedule you got coming up. You still got the Rays for one more. You got the Blue Jays coming in for four. Then you got the Mets where you're going to have to face Scherzer and DeGrom yeah, back to back. Yeah, Scherzer and DeGrom back to back. Now, thank God for the Yankees, the Blue Jays are playing poorly too. So they could definitely yeah. at least get a split there. But yeah, the Mets. You got Scherzer and Degrom. That's a team that already beat you twice. Uh, that already beat you twice at City Field. Scherzer and Scherzer pitched really well against you. So 
yeah, it's that's not going to get any easier. For, I mean, it's going to get easier for them, but but in the next because they go to uh, Oakland and, Anah- and Anaheim, but in the next week, it's not going easy. It's not going to get easier for the Yankees with the Blue Jays coming in and then the Mets coming in. No, I know the Mets have lost the first two of the Braves here, but they got Scherzer Degrom going the next two nights, so you you expect them to win one of the next two. But yeah, the Mets have been rolling. Yeah, the Blue Jays have kind of been struggling, but they've played better. Um, you know, they they played better in July. I know August been a tough month for them. But, yeah, you know, I expect the Blues just coming here and, and, you know, play well. I, again, I think they are playing a little bit better than the Yankees are at, at this moment in time. So, but, yeah, it's not, you know, Serge DeGrom, you, you can't hit. Again, Ryan Yarborough came in with a 70 RA. You couldn't touch him. That's I, pathetic. I, that's inexcusable, and that's absolutely pathetic. Yeah. They, they, they will Hicks had him on the ropes, and, yeah, that double play, I called that thing a mile away. You just you just knew the way the team was hitting the bat. That was double play was bound to happen. So, yeah, it's team, again, you're still, you know, you scored almost six on the run still. But, yeah, it's just this offense lately is just – it's been horrible. And, yeah, I, it's a lot of it has to go on Brian Cashman and the way the team was built. And it, they're finally coming back down to earth. And it's dramatic. It, it's been a dramatic kind of fall back to earth here. It, it's it, It's been bad. I know we did not – again, they weren't going to play 700 baseball a year. But the way they've been playing – But we thought they'd be going like – we, but we thought a stretch like this, they'd be going like, you know – Six and six instead of two and ten. Yeah, 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 it, it, yeah. We thought, yeah, five hundred baseball, but that that they haven't even been close to that. And you know, and this is the time too. And I know, I I know we both kind of wanted Buck in the you know as a manager. They're deeply regretting not having a Buck Showalter as a manager because oh, you've yeah, seen what he's done yeah. with that Mets team. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, you know yeah, yeah. they they need a guy like that at this time. Because I mean, Boone again, has done a, Boone's done a good job, but yeah, you said at a time like this, you got to have the guy like Buck. Yeah, yeah, Boone's done a good job, and again, he's kind of dealt the cards he's gotten with the team. But this is where you can't coddle your players. You're in New York. I don't get why we can't crit- – I can't, I don't know why managers can't criticize their players anymore. I just don't – if you can't take the criticism, why are you playing professional baseball? I don't get it. You know, this is a time where you need to be in that dugout as a manager, kind of calling some guys out and, and, and you know, and, and getting on to some guys. Because, again, it's – this is New York, you know. It's just, this is an organization that's built winning. You haven't won since 09. You're probably not winning the way they're playing. Re- playing right now, they, they ain't, you know, the Astros will sweep them or, you know, in the ALCS right now. You know, th- this is a time where, you know, you need a guy like Buck Showalter to start ruffling some feathers. And, you know, and I, and watching that Jeter documentary too, there's no Derek Jeter in that locker room. No, I know no, Jones no. would be the captain if he reached, but Jones isn't the guy that's going to call out a lot of these guys and kind of get their attention. You don't have a Jeter in that locker room either. No, this is not like how it was in the 90s. We had a Jeter and you had an O'Neal. I mean, you did not – this did not – Jeter and O'Neal, this stuff did not happen. Those guys would not allow this stuff to happen, yeah. Yeah, Judge is great, but he's he's just not – and I hope the Yankees resign him. But right mm-hmm. now he's not the leader Derek Jeter was. No, and, you know, I know there's not a lot of those guys, but, yeah, you need, you need somebody to start calling out some guys. You know, yeah, you know. Again, it'd be great to have a Jeter that's just, yeah, as a leader, yeah. it's Judge would be the captain he re-signs here. We all know that. But, yeah, he's just not – he's not the guy that's going to start kind of calling you out. And they do need somebody like that. Again, I know, you know, you know I, I, I don't know who that guy would be, but they, they do need somebody here because I know they had a team meeting last week, but that absolutely has not worked. It has not worked at all. Now, getting to the closer situation uh, – uh, with with Clay Holmes on the DL, if Aroldis Chapman continues to pitch the way he is, 
I think he gets he, he, def, he definitely should get that closer's role back. There's no question about that. If he continues to stay hot, he should definitely get that he should definitely get the closer role. Yeah, absolutely. He's been great. He's he's pitched really well. He's answered the bell. And again, maybe that Holmes kind of taking it there or kind of or with Holmes taking his job um early on in the year kind of really got him going there and you know really motivated him because he's been really good. And yeah, with him going back on the uh or with Holmes going the IL, yeah, he's probably gonna start getting the chance to close out some games here. So yeah, he he's been really good. The location's been good. It's you know, um you know, he's been throwing strikes, which, again, Holmes has not done. So, yeah, I think Chapman should be able to get that close rule back with the way he's pitched lately. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, moving to uh, this weekend series with the Blue Jays. Blue Jays, 10 games, still 10 games behind the Yankees because they've really struggled, too. They've actually lost uh, – they've lost eight of their last 10. Uh, Friday night, we got – we got uh, – the Thursday – actually, Thursday, tomorrow, we got Frankie Montas against Jose Barrios. I think – I think the Yankees find a way to pull that one out. I think they pull that one out uh, Saturday. Tyone against uh, Tyone against uh, Gossman. I think the Blue Jays win that uh, Sunday. Cole, no, I mean Saturday. Cole against uh, Kariki. I think the uh, I think the Yankees uh, Yankees win that one. And then uh, Sunday's game, Cortez against Manoa. I think the Blue Jays win that. I think they split this weekend with the Blue Jays. I think they play a little bit better, but I think they split with the Blue Jays this week weekend because the Yankees aren't playing well enough for me to have confidence in them winning a series. Yeah, I gotta go with the split. I think they, they gotta hit Barrios. He's been so bad. He just gave up eight runs to a, a Cleveland team, which again, Cleveland's decent, but that lineup's not great at whatsoever. And he gave up eight runs to four innings. You gotta get him there. Yeah, I think Gosman gets it done against Tyone. Uh, that should be that's gonna be a tough one for Tyone's been pitching better, but I could see them again losing a two to one game. Yeah, Sarah Kikuchi has not been good and Cole's pitch really well. So you would think they could hit Kikuchi, but I, I just you know. Um, but we'll see. And then Manoa, yeah, they, they never hit Alex Manoa. Nestor has been pitching, you know, yeah, he pitched great after the first three batters last night, but it was too much. It was, you know, often did nothing for him. So yeah, they, they should be able to get a split this weekend, but I would not be shocked. If they lose three out of four. I, I, I really wouldn't. And again, that, that could be a horrible homestand because they ain't beating DeGrom or Scherzer. You know, there's no chance yeah. they're beating the Mets yeah. next week. Yeah. I mean, the best they'll do with the Mets is a split. So I mean, realistically, they, they to have a good home to even to, to salvage this home stand, they got to win tonight and they got to split the two games with the Blue Jays because they're not getting more than a split with the Mets. That's that's a guarantee. But we'll move on to the Red Sox, and uh, they've been playing a little bit better of late. They've won up, they won four to five. I think this the season for them is going to come down to that one series, and it's this weekend against Baltimore. They don't only need to win the series; they need to sweep the series because if they sweep them. Then they're they're like I think a half, they'd probably be a half game or maybe or even tied with the Orioles and that would you know and, and seeing which teams are behind they're behind the Orioles they're behind the Blue Jays they're behind the Twins and the White Sox they need to get ahead of one of these teams they need to leap one of these teams to have any chance to compete for the compete for this last wild card spot they got and I think it all starts this week against the Orioles and that's why the season is basically this weekend they need to sweep them or their season is over. Yeah, you know, they've been playing better, but yeah, they got to get, yeah, they got to leapfrog one of those teams. The White Sox have been very up and down. You know, the, the Twins kind of been struggling since the trade deadline. But yeah, you know, it's a big one. And, you know, we, we, we've we criticized Heim Boom a lot, but the Tommy Fan pickup and the Reese McGuire, they, they've both been pretty good. You know, um, I know the Matt Baskets, we I mean, were all confused about, but 
I, I mean, the best the best pickup the best pickup he made though was getting Michael Waka. Waka has been yeah. when he went healthy. Waka pitched really well on Sunday night against the Yankees. Yeah, he was great, and you know he he was a guy that really showed the last couple of years at the Mets and Rays. But yeah, he's he's had a really big bounce back year, and he's been phenomenal this year for Boston. He's been huge. But yeah, um, they're starting to play a bit better here. That's pitching staff starting to kind of get it going a bit. Um, you know. Kike Hernandez should be back soon. I think, you know, it's what, like what, what about Trevor? What about Trevor's story? story? That's, a, that's two, the biggest one. I believe, too, he's supposed to be coming back maybe this weekend, or um, I think he's supposed to be doing some rehab stuff. Um, I don't, you know, I, because um, I know, I, or actually, I don't know if he's doing rehab because I know he's traveling with the team with Pittsburgh. So it sounds like he may come back this weekend against Baltimore. Um, they may activate him, so he's getting they, closer I, as well. I think they need him back against the Orioles because they need to sweep the series. They need to sweep the series, even if they're like two and a half behind the Orioles. There's just way too many teams in front of in front of them. They 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 need to they need this needs to be a sweep. They they need to sweep it or or, or they're done. So I think Story's got to play. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, you know, if the Orioles take two out of three from them or at least get one game, they could kind of say up there they can keep that at least you know three game lead. Going that you know, going out or you know, with uh, you know, ending the game Sunday, um, yeah, they're they're in a lot of trouble because they're done with the White Sox, which I think they split with them this year. They might have the Twins. They go to Minnesota at the end of the month, so you do have Minnesota one more time. But yeah, absolutely, I think you got to be able to get get the, the the sweep here in Baltimore next this weekend. Um, Kind of with some confidence there, and yeah, you, you know they've been playing a little bit better. They got them last Thursday, so yeah, uh, they get a sweep here. You, you know, again, they're they're right back in that wild card. They're they're right there, you know, hunting down you know third place team, which right now is Toronto. But you know, we'll, we'll see by the end of the weekend. Yeah, 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 we definitely will. And this weekend's pitching matchups Friday night. You got Crawford against Lyles. That's a that's a tough matchup. I'm going to go with the Orioles there. Walk against Bradish. Obviously, they'll take the Red Sox there, and then. uh then Pavetta against Kramer. I'm going to go with the Orioles. I I think I, I don't think they come they come out victorious. I think I think we're saying by next week the Red Sox playoff chances are over. I think they lose two out of three this weekend in Baltimore. And and um, Sunday and, and Sunday in Williamsport. Yeah, that yeah, that's always a fun one. Again, who knew, who thought that game would actually matter? I know. I, I, who thought it would mean something to mean more to the Orioles than the Red Sox? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think anybody did. So yeah, it's actually Sunday night's actually you know meaningful game, but um. Yeah, I think Friday, I think the Sox get it. Carter Crawford's been pitching a lot better. I know Jordan Lyles has been pretty good, too, for the O's, but I, I'll i take the Red Sox on Friday night. Saturday night, I think Waka knocks off uh, Kyle Bradish. He's been struggling. so. And then Sunday, I do think the the, um, the Orioles find a way to win one game this, this, this weekend, and I think that's at Williamsport on Sunday night. So I got the Red Sox, Waka, and I were with um, winning, winning uh, two out of three. Next or this weekend against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it'll it could go either way. Red Sox need it. They need it. I, in my opinion, they need a sweep, or they or their season is over. But we got to get to the big story in uh, Major League Baseball, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr., who has been suspended for eighty games for you for the use of PEDs. And uh, I think this is a completely selfish move for Fernando Tatis and an immature move. You heard Mike Clemenger's comments. I mean, he was very, very upset. The Padres organization are very upset. They're getting tired of Tatis. They gave him this huge deal, and now he's acting this way. They're getting really, really tired of the immaturity from Fernando Tatis. And uh, 
now, I mean, he's really hurting his team being suspended. He's suspended for the rest of this season and probably half an, and probably the first half of next season. Very, very immature of Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, this is the one problem giving a 22 year old, you know, $340 million. And, you know, if, if there's that issue, those kind of immature issues, again, we saw it it's second time with the motorcycle accident. You would think after the first one, you got all this money now, you're going to be careful, maybe sell the thing, but, you know, but. He didn't, and yeah, uh, it's been horrible. He should, um, Tommy, should he should be kicked, should be kicked out of the league for life. I mean, I don't know about, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about for life, but the, the dudes that take their drugs, yeah, I mean that that's a strong, yeah, it's a strong stance. I mean, they should at least be suspended yeah. the way Tatis is. I mean, I think baseball has definitely done a better job uh, with this than they did back in the day. I mean, back in the old days. I mean, every, well, so many people were taking it. Now, I like the fact that they're suspending guys for this. Suspending guy for this. Some people like Tommy, they want these guys out of the league. I can understand that. I think the suspension is fair, though, 80 games. And I, because this really hurts this team in terms of, of competing for a championship. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think this team still has a chance. You know, I think that's why they brought in Soto for the protect zero, po- zero tolerance policy. Zero, yeah. Yeah. It says zero tolerance of PD. So you go away. Yeah. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, that could be that, That's a good point there. I mean, because we, we still see, I mean, guys getting suspended for even. With how strict the rules are now, we're still seeing guys get suspended for PEDs. Yeah. And, like, his thing about the ringworm is, I you know, I don't know if he actually had it or not. But even if, let's say, he did, why don't you call either the MLBPA or even your the Padres medical staff and ask, hey, what's in this drug that they're trying to give me? Or is there something else if I have ringworm? Is there another drug that I could take without getting, um, you know, without testing for, P, you know, test positive for PEDs? It's a five, 10 minute phone call. Why don't you do something like that too? You know, that that's a pro, you know, that, that's why I just don't get it. You know, what goes through his head there in Tom's comment, yeah, or at least put eight, a clause in the contract. Yeah. 80 game suspension. No, yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> take money, take, take money away from that. That would, yeah, definitely would really clean it up. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah. Again, something like that. Yeah. They're definitely guys are going to be very careful of what they're taking and, uh, yeah, make sure they're not crossing the line. Because, yeah, absolutely, you know, the, those guys do not want to uh, – we saw it the 2020, those guys, you know, they did not – you know, we actually even this year with the, um, with the uh, you know, lockout, these guys want to get paid, you know, their, their full season. Yeah. That, that's why they just – they caved in. So, yeah, you take away their pay, uh, it will clean up the – clean up the sport very, uh, very quickly. Yeah, and he liked your comment exactly, Justin. These dudes are cheating and got caught. If 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 there if, if it were a medical reason, they can communicate it and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like you said, they got che- they they cheated they, they cheated and they got caught. And yeah, and as, as Tom's original point, at least take their pay away. You know that that, that would definitely that would definitely clean things up. Uh, and it's it's sad to see Tatis get suspended like this, but also very very immature to to, to see him do this to his team. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and you know. Again, they, they're a good team. Again, they got Bob Melvin in that dugout, who um, is probably the right guy for the job for this situation, um, which is good. But actually, a question for you, too. If you're the Padres and you had the, you know, obviously they can't pay Soto as well and Tatis, would you pay if they had the opportunity to pay Soto, you know, whatever he wants for the future for the next 15 years, you sign Soto and trade Tatis or you keep Tatis and let Soto walk? I got to think about that one. I think Tatis has so much talent. I think you stick with him 
But I think one more mistake you definitely think of maybe trading him because of because of his lack of maturity. But I just think with the talent he has, I think you do both. I think you pay Tatis and you keep Soto. Yeah, I mean, the World Series. He showed you he he showed that twenty year old kid the way he was on that stage against the Astros. I think he's one of the best pure hitters in all of baseball. I you know Tatis. I know he's got all the talent in the world. But he hasn't been able to stay on the field. He's got, you know, now with the PED stuff. I just, I, I, I try to trade him and, and re-sign a total for the next 13, 14 years. Where, how, yeah, you know, what, how long? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, and the thing is, you would get a lot back, even, even though Tatis has been immature. You get a lot back if you did trade Tatis. But for me at this point, I'm hanging. I'm still hanging on to Tatis just because of the talent he has. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you could go either way in this. Yeah, Tati's got all the talent in the world, and we've seen it. You know, yeah, you just hope he's able to stay on the field now and or after the suspension, and he could um be an impact guy for the Padres. Because again, it's so it would be so good for baseball for with Soto and and Tati's being on the same team. That, that you know, that, that's a huge kind of big thing there for baseball. If they those two could kind of stay on the field because there there's both of those two teams, both of those two are two of the best guys in all of baseball. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So now we'll get to how this affects the Padres as a team. And do you still think the Padres are a playoff team without Tatis? I, it's going to be close, but I still think they do. I think Josh Hader, does a, he did struggle in that one outing against the Giants, but I think he does, he does a good job as a closer. I, th- I, think, they're, uh, I think their offense with uh, Soto and Machado is, is good enough. And I think, I think their starting pitching with Musgrove and Darvish is good enough. So I do think they're a playoff team without Tatis. Yeah, I do too. I think, yeah, adding Hater big in that back in the rotation. I think getting Brandon Drew was insurance, just in case of something, if Tatis wasn't able to come back, if, you know, if he had a setback or anything. So I think adding Brandon Drew was was a nice kind of piece there for insurance, just in case. And um, yeah, with Soto there, with, with Machado, um, I, you know, the rotation's been good. Yeah, Musgrove, you know, Benaya, Clevenger. I think the Padres have enough to be able to get to the um, playoffs this year. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree there. Now the big question is: is are they a World Series contender without Juan Soto? Now I think they're significantly worse than the Mets, Dodgers, and Braves. I think they're significantly worse than those teams. But knowing in baseball that, and we saw it with uh, Bryce Harper left the Nationals, and 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 the Nationals won a World Series. Ronald Acuna left the got hurt last year, and the Braves won a World Series. One player doesn't make as huge of a difference in baseball as like a quarterback or a superstar in the NBA. So I actually do think they're still a. I think they're good enough. I think their rotation's good enough. I think their lineup is good enough. And they got and they got Josh Hader as their closer. And if Josh Hader can get hot, I do think they are a World Series contender. I do too. I think they have the talent. I know Tatis is out, but yeah, I think this team's got the talent. Um, you know, even Josh Bell too is a pretty good hitter as well. So. I think the Padres have the talent. I think the rotation to do it. They got the guy, Josh Hader, that you want close out games. And the thing about Hader, too, is he can go multiple innings for you, too. So he can get you six outs if you're bullpen trouble. He can even get you nine outs if you, if you have to one night. So, yeah, I, I think the Padres definitely could be. Um, again, yeah, right now they're probably the fourth best team in that in the National League. But, yeah, we, we've seen it happen, you know. I know they're only 11 games over 500, but remember, you know, the Braves last year to trade that line were about 500. It just takes, you know, you can get hot at the right time, September, you know, October. You, you give yourself a chance. So, yeah, absolutely. I think the Padres um, have a shot to be able to, um, you know, get 
get to the World Series. I think they, I think they do have the talent, and they got a great manager, Bob Melvin, too. So, yeah, I think the Padres could do it. Yeah, I definitely think the manager makes a difference. I mean, last year with Chase Tingler, they didn't have a good manager. I think Bob Melvin, who's very underrated, definitely will make a difference. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Bob Melvin with the A's, again, that, that team was always in the playoff. And those A's team, too, always got better in the second half of the year. And I do think the Padres have been playing better. Now, you know, it helped that they got Soto and Hayter and Bell. But, yeah, I think this Padres team is better. I think, you know, having a guy like Bob Melvin um, definitely helps that out. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So – a safety got paid in the NFL, and the Jets avoided a major injury. But before we talk about that, you're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. So the Chargers today signed Derwin James to a four-year, $76 million deal to make him the highest-paid safety in the NFL at $19 million a year. And the thing about Derwin James is he's a, one of the top safeties in the league. He can do everything. He can stop the run. He's really good against the. He, he, he's really good against the pass. He can he can flank. He's good. He's really good in coverage. He's a he's really got really good ball skills. He is one of the top safeties in the NFL. So. On that end, I definitely get why the Chargers gave him this big contract, made him the highest-paid safety. The issue, though, is, is his durability. He's missed 29 games in the last in the last uh, in his four-year career in the NFL. Missed the entire season in 2020. Uh, he missed uh, he, he missed most of the most of the 2019 season. But, but this is a two-time All-Pro. He's 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 an outstanding player. And the big question is, is did the Chargers make the right move, knowing that they're going to have to they're going to have to pay Justin Herbert eventually? A ton of money. Uh, did they make the right move going out and signing Derwin James? I think they did. I think he's the best safety in football. I know it's not a premium vision, but when he's been on the field, he's been one of the best. You know, he's been a two-time you know, All-Pro Bowl guy when All-Pro guy when he when he's been healthy. I know that's a big question, but he does have a ton of talent. I know you got to pay Herbert in the future. You know, they've had a great string here of their first round picks. I I know it's a, it's a risky one. Um, Staley's a defensive guy. I do think you know they 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 did um did right make the right decision there. They they've really done a great job developing that that defense. Oh, absolutely, obviously, and they and they made some additions too with Khalil Mack with J.C. Jackson. Uh, so and they got Asante Samuel Jr. too. So yeah, I think this defense is really good, and I think it's the right move too. You got one of the best safeties in football. You got to pay him. You could always figure out the salary cap. You could figure out. You could restructure contract. I definitely think the Chargers made the right move paying Derwin James. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, he he's been, you know, he's had a really good career so far, you know, yeah, outside of the injuries. But yeah, when he's been on the field, um, he's been a difference maker. I think you, you you need a couple you need those guys, especially in an AFC West where you know you got Derek Carr now with Devontae Adams. You obviously got Patrick Mahomes, you got Russell Wilson as well. So and it and none of those guys are really going anywhere immediately. You know, car you know, Mahomes is gonna be there for a while in Kansas City. You know, um car, you know, car's gonna be in Las Vegas for a while. You know, Russell Wilson's got some good years left in front of him. So yeah, I think you need this guy to continue to compete. Um, in the AFC West, where it's going to be challenging the next couple of years, you're going to need some guys on the defensive side of the ball there make make be difference makers, especially in the secondary. And um, they got a great one at Derwin James. They absolutely do. They, they absolutely do. Now, Jets fans on Friday night must have been really, really scared seeing Zach Wilson go down and we're fearing the worst. Torn ACL, torn ACL, torn ACL. It's only a knee injury. He is going to be out two to four weeks, but... Uh, th- this is a huge, huge break for the Jets. He's probably only going to miss one game, the uh, preseason game against the uh, – against. no, no, the first game of the year against the uh, Ravens. Actually, Joe Flacco's going to start against – it looks like Joe Flacco's going to get started against the Ravens. That's, that's pretty cool. But the Jets dodged a major bullet here, only having Wilson out two to four weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, that that looked bad, and I, I thought, too, that was a tornado sale. Um, they, they survived the worst there. But, yeah, I think it's – you know – I think it does hurt, though. I know he's only going to miss a month, but it does hurt. He misses two weeks of kind of preseason here, two weeks of kind of training camp of being a second-year guy and already missing time last year as well. I think, you know, you don't have to panic, but I, I think it's a little bit of concern, though, for Zach Wilson so that, you know, he hasn't been fully healthy. And he just misses some time here practice, too, to just kind of develop some new kind of relationships, relationships with the wide receivers, you know, Bryce Hall coming in running back. Like, I, you know, you don't already have – Kyle Beckman for the rest of the year. So, you know, you're kind of already banged up there in the offensive line. So I think it's a little bit of a worry still. And are the Jets, you know, could he miss maybe a couple more games? You know, maybe, you know, second game of the year? Because will they – because he's already missed – you know, he's going to miss a couple weeks here of the preseason. You know, will the Jets throw him to the fire too, you know, week two if if he's totally not ready to go? Yeah, there's definitely some concern. Yeah, he could he could miss another week not having chemistry with the receivers. And he and he is a, he has he has he has some durability issues. He got hurt last year for four weeks too. So yes, he has some durability issues. He's kind of small. So and this is kind of the year where you, if you're if you're if you're the Jets, you want to evaluate is this the guy going forward? It's a major question mark right now because of his play on the field and because of his durability. Yeah, absolutely. And I you know I think he's got the talent. I think they brought in the right receivers that you know. He's really good at the deep ball and all that. And I think, you know, Elijah Moore um, is a great receiver for him for kind of what, what he likes to do. So I think, I think the Jets have built around him. And it's kind of – I know we talked about last week where it's a point where he's got to kind of take it over now. And he's got to really show it now because the Jets have helped him out here. But, yeah, if, he's, if he can't stay on the field, it's it's tough to – um it's tough to get any rhythm. It's tough to, yeah, build that rapport with your wide receivers, your running backs, your, your line. So – yeah, it, it, it is a little bit um, worrisome, but yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think it's anything to panic yet over. But yeah, it, you know, it, it'll it'll be interesting. You know, week two, they play a Brown team that's pretty good defensively. You know, we'll see what the situation is at quarterback. But yeah, it's it, it's something where it's a little worried that he did miss some time last year, and that was a knee injury too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was another knee injury. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same knee or not, but you know, I it, you know little bit of concern there. Absolutely, absolutely. It definitely has to be concerned. 
with Zach Wilson going into the season. But we're going to move on to your team, and the Pats and Panthers have had joint practices this week. And I think the biggest takeaway has been all the brawls have been going on in joint practices. There was a brawl today where uh, where Dietrich Wise, two brawls today, I think one of them was when uh, Dietrich Wise pushed Christian McCaffrey out of bounds. There was a brawl there. There was a brawl. There was another brawl. And I think there was a brawl yesterday, too, where Kendrick Bourne got kicked out of practice. That's risky. I think he was was – wasn't he throwing a punch? Yep. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, him and Wilkerson. Wow. Wilkerson as well. And Wilkerson, the the other brawl started to take because Wilkerson on kick return got hit by Kenny Robinson. I guess Robinson was dancing or or on top of him, and that kind of annoyed the Patriot player. So that was second brawl today. So, yeah, it's uh, been a very – for preseason, it's been a very fiery – very fiery practice the last couple days there in Foxborough. And I saw Mike Reese say, "This is this has never gotten to this point. This is this is this is this is like the worst the fights have been since Bill Belichick has been here. So that has got to be concerning. That's a little bit worried. I I don't know if I'm panicking. I love the fire though from our guys though. I, I do love. I heard Cool Strange in the middle of it yesterday, which I love. Um, I, I'm actually the me. I, I love the fire that our team's showing, but yeah, it, also the discipline there." It has to be there because, yeah, it's not, you know, you, you, you know, we can't be losing Kendrick Bourne in the middle of a game. You know, wise two at defense at, at tackle spot, we can't really lose. So, yeah, I, I, I like the fire, but yeah, there, there's a little bit where I know Bill got into a match the first one yesterday. I don't know if he had a team huddle yet today, but I, I, I assume he's not very happy. Another thing about these joint practices, it looks like the defense for both teams are ahead of the offenses. And I think the Panthers' offense has been a little bit better today, but it looks and the Mac Jones has been a little bit better today. But the big story has been the defenses have definitely been ahead of the offense for both teams. Yeah, and that's not yep. surprising because both defenses are pretty good. And we're, we're pretty yeah. good last year. I think they're going to be decent this year. Yeah, actually. So I heard Thursday from somebody who you know Boston Globe, who writes for the Boston Globe, said the Patriots did not play their. Their starters, you know, last week against Giants because um, they weren't ready. They just totally were not ready um, to play, which makes makes some sense now. But yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good test this week for the Patriots against that Panthers front front uh, defensive line that's you know pretty good. You know, they got some speed, so yeah, I think you know for the Patriots offense, it's it's a uh, it's a good test this week. And yeah, they showed a little bit. Uh, yeah, today sounds like it's going a little bit better. Um, you know, sounded like two minute drill yesterday. They were driving, but you know, Mac kind of threw a hail there at the last second, got picked off. But yeah, so it seems like today's going a little bit better than yesterday. But yeah, for the Panthers too. It sounds like the Panthers, Matt Rule said he's Matt Rule said, you know, I'm playing my backups and I expect Bill to play the starter. So um, you know, I don't you know, so on Friday night. So it'll be interesting there. But yeah, it sounds like you know, so maybe you know, Matt Rule doesn't want to, I guess, his first team offense go against the Patriots first team offense at the moment, which which is interesting. We had a quarterback kind of situation like they do right now. Yeah, let's get to that quarterback situation uh, with 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 Darnold and Mayfield. Mayfield on Saturday they had that preseason game against the Commanders. Mayfield drove them down the field. They got a field goal, and then uh, they got the turnover. And then Darnold threw a touchdown pass. But right now I've been hearing that Mayfield has the edge, and he's picked up the playbook really quickly. So I, I'm hearing Mayfield has the edge, and in these joint practices, it looks like that Baker, according to David Newton, it looks like that Mayfield has the edge. Both both players weren't great yesterday. But I think Mayfield, he had a good drive today. And then Darnold threw a pick against the Patriots one. So it looks like Mayfield has the edge. So I think after uh, – uh, um, uh, when they make this decision on Saturday or Sunday, I think Mayfield is going to be their number one quarterback. Yeah, I do too. It seems like all kind of signs are pointing to Baker Mayfield. I think we, we've talked about it. You know, we think Baker, you know, 
not great, but he is better than Sam Darnold. Um, and yeah, so I, I think Baker, yeah, Baker did play well a lot, you know, in, in drive getting down to field goal. And yeah, Darnold kind of, you know, Darnold took advantage of a turnover, which you always want. Um, you know, we're, um, so yeah, Darnold kind of takes advantage. So Darnold took advantage of that, but yeah, I think Baker is just a little bit better than Sam Darnold right now. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, think Baker should be, should get that, should win that job, you know, when that comes out this weekend from that rule. We got some comments, Pats and Panther banging out in practice. I love it. No, 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 dude, dude, come on. Matt Corral is not better than, Corral is not better than, uh, than, than Baker, than Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. There is a reason that it's, it's, it's Baker and Darnold and Corral's not even close in that quarterback competition. There is, thanks for the comment, but there is no way possible, possible that Matt Corral is better than both quarterbacks. Yeah, Corral's uh Corral's struggling. Um, yeah, he he was bad. Now I I part of it maybe in four to five years that Corral can kind of you know more learn of an NFL offense and not you know what he what he ran at Old Miss is a lot different than what he's running now. Yeah, but yeah right right now it, it's not even close. Um, uh, I again right, I, I'm not okay, saying okay, that dude, yet. dude 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 I'm not saying Corral's a bump, but right now he's not as good as the other two quarterbacks. I'm not saying he's a bump. I think we'll see what he is in this league. We don't know what he could be. I'm not saying he's a bum. He's going to get an opportunity, probably going to get a pretty good opportunity on uh, on Friday night when he, when, when, in that preseason game. So I'm not saying Corral's a bum, but I'm just saying that he's not, he's not even mentioned in this quarterback competition. So I, 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 he's, he's just clearly at this point, not as good as Baker and Darnold. No, he's just not ready. He's a rookie came Ole Miss is not. Yeah. You know, he's, that, that you know again, he was one for nine last week. I think he just needs to learn an actual playbook. They didn't, you know, Ole Miss is all tempo, it's all speed. It, it's you know, it's a much different offense than what you run in the NFL. Um, I yes, eventually he could be eventually, but yeah, I, I I think it's possible that he could be better than them. But yeah, right now he's not going to be the starter. I I could see eventually being a starter. Um, but yeah, right now he's he's he's. No, nah, he's not close to starting for the Panthers. No, 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 not at all, not at all. So one more thing about the Patriots and Malcolm Butler uh, got hurt yesterday, and he's and he's going to be out. He's out for the year. He's going to be on season-ending IR. Uh, how big of a loss is this? I don't think it's that big of a loss. I think they're they're, they're they weren't going to be great at corner anyways this year. No, I was again. This Malcolm Butler signing was weird in the first place that he's coming back. But yeah, Jalen Mills going to be our number one. It probably seems like now, which. A little worrisome, but yeah, our, our secondary wasn't great to start out with. Um, you know, it, it'd be nice to have another veteran guy like a Malcolm Butler out there. You know, Jalen Mills got better, I thought, to the second half of last year. I think he kind of got learned defense a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, it's a little bit concerning, but yeah, Malcolm Butler is not the same guy he was five, six years ago. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. So we'll go to we'll recap. We're going to recap the first week of the preseason and give our uh, five takeaways from week one of the preseason. And and my, and mine are my first one is is the way the rookie quarterbacks played. Kenny Pickett was I know he played against a bunch of backups in Seattle, but Kenny Pickett was really really good. I mean, two guys that could be really good in the future for the Steelers are Kenny Pickett and George Pickens. George, let me ask you this: Are you surprised George Pickens is playing the way he is in preseason? I thought George. Pickens was a really good wide receiver at Georgia, and you know, he, you know, I think the problem with him was staying on the field at times. You know, I think he's got so much talent in the world. He runs crisp, crisp routes. He can, you know, he's got a lot of speed. So, no, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm not. You know, you kind of saw what he was able to do. Um, you know, last year at times. Oh, go, go ahead. Go Malcolm ahead. That, that's it. Yeah. That's Mal- it. Mal- Malcolum 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 Butler is definitely like, goal. yeah, it is. It is. It, it made no sense that that he got yeah. back there. But but going back to George Pickens. Go back to George Pickens. Yeah, I I saw like a lot of potential for him. I thought he's somebody that Steelers picked up that could um be a difference maker for him. Um, you know, George Pickens being next. I don't know if he'll be the next great Steelers players here, but again, I could see him having a really nice career. Um, I think he's somebody that's got a lot of talent. I think he's one of the top wide receivers coming out in his class a couple years ago. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of talent there. And, um, you know, I'm not surprised he just kind of turned their heads uh, this weekend against the um, against the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised either. I think Deontay Johnson did get paid. I, I think I, th- I think he did. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about it, but I think Deontay Johnson, I think he, I think he did get paid for the Steelers. I remember he, he got yeah, like – I think he might have – I think he might have gotten a small. I think he might have gotten a small deal from the Steelers, but but yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, I think DeAndre Johnson did, did get paid. But the point is, yeah, yeah, George Pickens is definitely going to be in that. I think he's going to be in that next generation of, of Steeler receivers with with Heinz Ward, with with uh, with Plaxico Burris, with Antonio Brown. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to be in that next mold of great Steeler receivers. And and also going back to the rookie quarterbacks, I think Leek Wills he he played well for the Titans, and Desmond Ritter, Ritter played well for the Falcons. So. I think uh, Kenny Pickett will be the first guy to be on the to get to take the field, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if uh, uh, Malik Wills and uh, and Desmond Ritter also also took the field for the Falcons for the for their teams this year. Second, my second point takeaway breakaway is is Watson was really rusty. Deshaun Watson looked like he hadn't played in in, in two years. He was really really rusty. Now it might not even matter because he's probably going to get suspended for the rest of the season for the entire season, but he was really, really rusty for the Browns. Third, uh, third, third, uh, uh, Trey, Trey Lance. He looks like the guy for the 49ers. He played really, really well for the 49ers. I mean, he, he, he played well. He had that touchdown pass and, and Friday's game. So Trey Lance, he looks like the man for the 49ers. He looks like the, the Niners made the right decision there. Number four, I know it was preseason. I understand it was preseason, but the penalties have continued for the Dallas Cowboys. 17 penalties for the Dallas Cowboys. And Mike McCarthy's got to take some accountability here because if this goes on throughout the season, he's not going to have a job. I mean, th- th- that is absolutely pathetic. That is absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> that is absolutely pathetic performance, 17 penalties. I know it was uh, preseason. Where is Jimmy? Where is where, where's Jimmy G? Uh, so we'll go back to Trey Lance. Tommy says, "Where's Jimmy G?" It's going to be tough to see where where he where he goes. Jimmy G goes. I think I think Jimmy G ends up going to the Browns. Yeah, I could see it. I, I think you know Brissett's not ready, or they don't think Brissett's a guy. If they again, you only you know you know they they got a good roster. They really want to go be a Super contender here. Try to fight in that AFC North that's really really competitive. Yeah, I think you got to go get Jimmy G to kind of still to. Uh, he is still in San it's Francisco. Actually, no, no, it's actually it's like, oh yeah, oh, the time is asking where he's he's yeah, he's still in San Francisco. He's he's not a free agent yet. The Niners have, the Niners still have him on the roster. There's I mean, obviously they're not gonna keep him, but he, he is still on the Niners roster. So yeah, yeah, it's, still, yeah he's still there. It's interesting. He could he could still win it. He, uh, in the right situation, Jimmy G could win on the right team. I just think I think he was on a great roster. I don't think Jimmy G's a great quarterback, but he's but but, but with the right pieces around him, Jimmy G could still win. Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, the Niners team was really really good. Um, you know, I, you know, they they like I think you know bringing Jimmy G causes too much of a QB conversation. Um, 
Terrence AAP plays well. I, I don't, you know, over at Watson, I don't know if he's talking about, you know, right now if, the, if he's plays well at the Niners, but, or even with the Browns, I, they, they paid Deshaun Watson, you know, at such a high amount that they'll, they'll trade Jimmy G, you know, next year instead of Watson. So I found the Browns. I'm not worried about that. If he plays really, really well, you get more for the trade. So again, I think the Browns, the Browns do trade for him. I, the Browns hope that he plays well because, you know, they'll, they'll be able to get more for him. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I could very well see, you know, I don't think the Browns are mine a Q, you know, Jimmy G playing well. Yeah, not at all, not at all, not at all. So uh, my fifth point, too, is Jalen Hurts. He went for six for six in preseason. It's only preseason, but if Jalen Hurts played the can play really well this year, the Eagles are definitely a top five team in the in the NFC. But, Justin, what are your top five uh, takeaways from week one of the preseason? My m- number one for me was the Cowboys, the 17 penalties. You're um, big on that. You're big on that. Even though they didn't play any starters, you're big on that. Yeah, that again, their offensive line. I know they didn't play the start, but their offensive line, we know that needs a lot of work, but that was horrible. That, their offensive line looked horrible. Um, they did not look ready to play at whatsoever offensively. So uh, the 17 penalty was a big eye-opener because that, that's hard to do. Even that, That's hard to do. Get 17 penalties in one game preseason, that's that's hard to do. My number two was Malik Willis. I think he showed, you know, his running ability, but, man, he missed a bunch of wide-open receivers. He just, you know. I mean, he the, didn't the, have the accuracy. He, didn't, he, he had a bunch of backups playing with him. Yeah, but the accuracy, that's a good point there. Yeah, the accuracy was not great. Um, You know, so I, I was a little bit worried there. Again, maybe he gets his opportunity, you know, kind of – you know, maybe, maybe a little nerve still. Jerry Jones loves penalty. They drafted the most penalized lineman in college. Yeah, actually, I think they did. I think it may have been um, – I think, yeah. Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith. Yep, I mean, yep. Tyler Smith they drafted, yeah. A lot, yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. the lack of discipline is really – if, if it happens, if it, they're so undisciplined this year, they won't be a playoff team. No, 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 they won't. Um, I think he is – I think Malik Woods could be promising – the accuracy is kind of the question with him coming out of college, and we kind of saw it the other night. If he can kind of work on that, I think he, he's got the ability with, with his legs, too, to be so dy- dynamic that I, I think he could be a really good quarterback. But it, it's kind of the arm, which, you know, he's got a cannon, but it's the accuracy that um, he struggled with. So, you know, we'll see. I think I think he can – think he can, you know, I think he turned into a really good quarterback. But, um, you know, the accuracy has got to come. Number three is the guy you texted me about, Romeo Tabaz uh, out of Nevada. You know, again, he's got a lot of talent. He's got so much speed. He hit over uh, 2,200 yards his final two years at, at Nevada with uh, Carson Strong as his quarterback. You know, he, he looked really good. I think he's somebody that could definitely be an impact guy for the Green Bay Packers. Number four, yeah, Trey Lance. I think he looked really good. I think he looked good. Now, obviously, yes, it is kind of preseason. Let's see what he does, you know, week one. But I do think it's something good for him to build off of. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I, I thought he did look pretty good for week one and, and preseason. And then, yeah, number five with me was bad luck with the Jets. We talked about Zach Wilson. We talked about Becton. Um, you know, I, I the poor Jets, they kind of felt like, again, like they're not going to be a playoff team, but you kind of felt like they were trending in the right direction. It just kind of, you know, know they avoid the worst-case scenario, but just some more kind of bad luck there for the Jets. Um you know, and then they hit two on um um Quincy Williams too on Jalen Hurts too. Um they, you know, former teammates as well. Quincy playing from oh, Alabama wow. at Alabama. Wow. Um wow. 
don't know if you saw that hit, but it, he, he crossed the line. I saw it, and uh, Nick know. Sirianni was not thrilled about no. that. I don't blame him. Now, I guess for Ross, at least your guys are playing hard. But, yeah, that 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 kind of crossed the line there, uh, especially for preseason. But, yeah, those are my five takeaways from week one. All righty, now time to talk about my team and their performance against the Patriots. I'm really looking at those two series when the starters played. And, and, and honestly, I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I know, you know, I was listening to John about the G-Men and Joe and, Joe and Isaiah were, and were saying, oh, well, you should just be happy we got points on the board. We're going up against the backups. We're going against the Patriots' backups. I want seven points on the board. I don't want three points on the board. That cost us two games last year, at least two ga- two or three games last year, the fact we couldn't cash in the red zone. It, it was a, the reason we lost the Atlanta game. It helped. It was one of the reasons we lost the uh, we lost the uh, Washington game. And it was the reason we lost the Kansas City game, too. When we get in the red zone, I want to score touchdowns. I don't want there to be field goals. If Daniel Jones keep, keeps – if we keep kicking field goals in the red zone, Daniel Jones will be gone. So I was a little disappointed there with the, off- with, with the offense there and the offensive line. That sack on, on that second drive, that, complete, that, that completely ended that drive. So I was a little disappointed with the offensive line. Uh, I want. Dan- I was a little disappointed that Daniel Jones didn't get the ball in the, re- in the red zone. And on defense, Aaron Robinson was absolutely terrible. He was absolutely terrible in man coverage. I, uh, Aaron Robinson was 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 horrible, and he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the key key corners on this team. And and again, for Wick Martindale, if this team struggles in man coverage, you got to make adjustments. That's what got you fired last year. What got you fired is you didn't make adjustments. That's why you were thirty second league in passing. Is you didn't have Marcus Peters or Merlin Humphrey, and you continue to play man coverage. I, I, he should not continue to play man coverage, be this aggressive all the time with with average to below average corners. So so yeah, on both sides of the ball, I was a little I was, I was a little bit disappointed with the Giants' performance. Yeah, the Giants offensively, yeah, they, they should put more points up the board. I see his comment, Saquon. Yeah, he didn't play last week, but yeah, he from the highlights I've seen from camp, he's looked pretty good. But Saquon, no, he played he played last week. He played last week. He played Played in those two oh, yeah, series. he was in there. He, he wasn't, he wasn't much of a factor, oh, yeah. but, he, but yeah. he played. I forgot. Yeah, he did play. I forgot about it. Yeah, because he wasn't much. I, I forgot he did get in there. Uh, Daniel Jones is you know, a doppelganger. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's had a, Daniel's had a rough career. But, yeah, I, he, the Giants got to put some points on the they, at least 70 yeah, against the Patriots backups there. Um, which, yeah, that's a little disappointing there against their second team. Um, it, it is going to cost them the job. Again, Tyrod Taylor's. Been a start in this league. So, again, you know, Daniel Jones, they, there's a lot of pressure on him. And they asked Dave all questions. Is Tyrod Taylor going to start? And he didn't say completely. He said Daniel's our guy, but he didn't say definitively that he wasn't going to – that Daniel was completely – was their guy. Was was their guy 100%. So, you wouldn't be surprised if Tyrod – I wouldn't would be surprised if Tyrod Taylor starts some games this year. No, I wouldn't either. I I, I wouldn't. He's a veteran guy. He, he's been a start in this league. You know, um, he got the playoffs with that Bills team, so – couple years ago but yeah you know he's in the playoffs with them so yeah it wouldn't shock me um Barker fans who was Sunday during football season looks like how can you possibly watch every game um you know we want to answer this in a minute after we talk about the job yeah I'll talk I'll wrap up my Giants thing and we can get into that but yeah Aaron Robinson on he wasn't great either at UFC like your defenses were so bad that I don't know if it was all on him it wasn't all on him but their defenses when he played at UCF were so bad you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan coming out of college, but yeah, it, it, again, Dorian burnt him multiple times, and that 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 that's very worrisome. Um, he, he's going to be one of your starting quarterback cornerbacks. 
Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. We'll we'll see what happens there. We got a couple of comments. We'll get we'll get we'll get to, we'll get to this one comment uh, on on, on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, uh, he says, "Hot take: Jets will make the playoffs with, with Flacco starter." Come on, dude. There is no way the Jets make the playoffs with Joe Flacco as their starting quarterback. That's not happening. I got Saquon in fantasy. Pray for me. Yeah, I know Saquon's had a lot of injury history. We'll see. And he says, "I gotta like the Kansels <laughs> for every Giants game." So Saquon, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, dude. Exactly. And Tommy says, uh, so w- walk your fans through what a Sunday during the football season looks like. How can you possibly watch every game? That could be a show in itself, how the Clover how the Clover team monitors all the games and information. I think a big re- a big way to watch every game, if, if your team's not playing, is the Red Zone channel. I think that's the biggest way to monitor your fantasy guys, monitor everything that's going on, because the Red Zone channel's got everything. So I'd highly recommend buying the Red Zone channel. That, that, that is huge. Because Sunday tickets a lot of money. Uh, that would be mm-hmm. the first thing you would do with Sunday ticket, but that's a lot. I, th- I think that's a little too much. The Red Zone Channel very reasonably priced. I would definitely buy the Red Zone Channel. I, I think I think that, uh, that, 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 that there's a lot of, there, there's a lot there. You see everything. You see, you see most pretty much every scoring play. So I would recommend that. And uh, another comment we got is Catania's Tony uh, healthy? I think he's he's got he's got uh, he's got potential. Yeah, I think Tony's got potential. But again, he's got to stay healthy. And I don't know how committed the Giants are to him because they talked about trading him in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how healthy he is. Again, I think Wendell Robinson's like another Kadarius Tony. I think you could use him like that. So I know, you know, if Tony could um, say healthy, I think, you know, having him and Robinson are going to be good, you know, just for more of a depth piece. Um, but, yeah, we'll see if Tony can stay healthy, stay on the field this year. And, yeah, if Sunday's for me, I try to have two monitors. On. I try to have, like, two games going on at once. Like, the Patriots are playing, they have red zone on. I also, you know, so that's, I always try to use red zone. I also go back and watch highlights too. If I didn't really watch a ton of a game, um, I, I do try to go back and watch all the highlights and kind of, you know, you know, see what I can get from there as well. Cause yeah, there is so much going on and you can only watch so much at a, at, at one time. So especially if, you know, if our, if our teams are on too, it's like, you know, you kind of want to yeah. dig in and watch them and you kind of can't focus on everything else. So yeah, I think go red zone and then going back for me, watching, you know, all the highlights too, everything around the league kind of helps me out as well. One thing I will do, and I'll promise the fans this year, I'll watch every Giants and Pats game, and then I'll watch the highlights of every single game. Every I'll watch the highlights. So I'll watch all the Giants and Pats and the games that are on are on, on are, are, that are on TV, and then I'll watch I'll pretty much watch every, uh, then I'll pretty much watch all the highlights of all the games. So you guys are up to speed with everything that's going on in every game. And obviously during the season, we're going to be making our picks. For, for every game. So, so you guys are up to speed with everything. I'll be watching all the highlights and I'll be watching every Giants and Pats and that and, and every game that's on uh, nationally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, same thing with me, you know, watching Giants Pats every game, you know, going watch back at the highlights, doing all that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll, we'll do all that. We'll make sure that everybody's kind of caught the speed kind of, you know, we try to figure out the, you know, I know it's only, you know, we go on Wednesdays and we try to, you know, find the injury reports and kind of see if we know who's playing or not. But yeah, we try to, Keep you guys all up to, to speed uh, week in and week out. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get to the Giants' uh, preseason game on Sunday against the Bengals. Bengals look like – Joe Burrow's definitely not going to play. It looks like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Trey Henderson. It looks like all those guys are not going to play. And and for the Giants, I don't know what they're going to do with their starters, but if their starters play, I want to see them go a quarter and a half. And I want to see them when they're done – I want to see them ahead. I want to see them winning the game, and I want to see at least a touchdown being scored. And I want to see the defense, you know, I want to see the defense, uh, you know, have a couple stops. Have a couple, if they're going to face Brendan Allen, I want to see a couple stops. And I want to see Kayvon Thibodeau be more involved. That was the issue defensively. With Another issue with the Thursday night was 
Kayvon Thibodeau wasn't wasn't as involved. Now that could the big factor that could have been the fact that uh, I see Oja, uh, the fact that Ojolari and Leonard Williams weren't playing. But I do want to see that uh, that that, that K, see Kayvon Thibodeau more involved. But I'm but the main goal is is I'm looking for the fact that we're winning after our starters aren't playing. Not like it was last Thursday. I want to be winning once our starters are done. Yeah, you know, for the Giants, yeah, Giants, yeah, your offense, especially, yeah, you're going against Brandon Allen and you're not facing much of their top weapons. So, yeah, you, you expect the Giants to be ahead in that game on Sunday night. You know, yeah, you need to see Janet's, you know, yeah, I think finishing in the red zone is going to be huge. You got to get a, a lead. Yeah, Thibodeau, yeah, especially, yeah, I want to see Thibodeau, you know, be more involved because we've heard such good things about him out of training camp that he's looked really, really good. And, yeah, you know, last week didn't make a huge impact. But you would, you know, you want to kind of see him make that impact, uh, especially because he's going to be such a huge key to this defense this year. Um, you, you kind of want to see him get a get a couple stops, stops this week against uh, against the especially you go up against their second off your second their second team offensive line. Um, you, you hope you, he's able to kind of have a big weekend and and, and play well in Cincinnati and kind of really um, really get himself involved this week. So. Yeah, Giant Dana Jones at offense, you know, because especially Tyrod Taylor plays well too. Yet it, you know, plays well again. You know, more pressure on on Daniel Jones. So yeah, Daniel Jones got to kind of keep Tyrod Taylor kind of you know in the back seat there if he wants to keep that giant job. So yeah, you know, these games are really important for Daniel Jones. He's got to play well and kind of show Brian Dable and the rest of that team that um that he that he can be the starting quarterback. Absolutely, without without question, without question, uh, without question. But the eight, Justin's going to be happy because we're going to talk some college football. The AP Top 25 has been released and the NBA Christmas schedule. And today, actually, I think the whole NBA schedule is going to be released. But, but the Christmas schedule has already been released. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at Shamrock Home Inspections. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, so the AP Top 25 is out. And obviously the top three, there's really no surprise with with, uh, Bama, Ohio State, and uh, Georgia. Obviously Georgia, the defending national champ. Ohio State bringing back C.J. Stroud and uh, Alabama bringing back uh, Bryce Young. Is this going to be one of these years, kind of different from last year, where it's pretty much those three teams and everybody else, they're all on, they're all on their own level? Personally, I think so because of how good those – because you've got the two best teams and the two best quarterbacks in the country with Bryce Young and C.J. and C.J. Stroud, and they're clearly the two best quarterbacks in the country. You couldn't say that last year. And Georgia, they're the – I know they lost they lost a lot. They lost five first-round picks on that defense, but – their quarterback coming back in Stenson Bennett, and they got, and I think they're pretty much going to reload on defense. I so I think they are going to be. It is those three teams, clearly the top three teams. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think those three teams are are going to be kind of far and away the best three. Clemson, I think it's going to be better, but it, they just lost their defense and Xavier Thomas, who's probably going to miss 
six, eight weeks, it sounds like. So, I, you know, I, I expect Clemson to play better. Texas had to cut some QB check to P7. Uh, or to get, um, well, they got to vote somehow. The, they got a number one vote somehow from the coaches poll. I, I, I don't know who voted for him. Um, but yeah, for, um, I, I think those three are. And Nick Saban said, you know, last year was a rebuild for him, which, you know, kind of was. You know, you got Brace Young coming back, and you probably have the most de- dominant defensive player that we've seen in college football prices, the dominant two. Um, and Will Anderson. So, oh, Will Anderson, yeah. Beast. He had 17 sacks oh, yeah. last year. Yeah. You know, he very well could win the Heisman this year. I would not be shy. I think Georgia way too high for losing one of the best college defense. Yes, but I, I disagree there because they because they have their quarterback returning, and I think they're, and they have some, Carter, he's a top pick. They, they have a really good tight end. I, I think they're one of the elite programs where they're just going to rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Bennett's good enough. You know, that defense, that defense had so much depth last year. They lost uh, – they got three coming back. They lost eight. But even on the second team, they had a lot of talent that, again, they're – it's like Alabama. Like, we're not ever shocked when Alabama loses eight guys on the defensive end ball because they have five-star – you know, Georgia's got a bunch of five-star guys that, that were second team last year that are filled out hole this year, and they're going to play well. Now, they're not going to be as dominant on defense. Again, that's – you know, we're probably – you know, in this day and age, we're never going to probably see a defense that dominant as it was last year in Georgia. But they're yeah, still oh, going to okay. be right there. Yeah, all right. The, I know Stenson Bennett is mid. He's average. But he's very. he's got a lot of experience. He could be a very good college quarterback this year. Yeah, the guy's got no pro future. The guy's going to be like a sixth or seventh round pick in the pros. But he could be a good college quarterback with experience. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's a guy, too, that played Juco ball. Like, again, this is probably his fifth, sixth-year college. Like, he's been in college for a while now. Um, he's been through it. Yeah. You know, Eric Gilbert should be back the big tight end. They should have this year. He should be returning as well. Um, you know, Georgia still got some weapon. Again, they always have three good running backs. They're going to be able to run the football again. Alvin recruiting is too different. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, listen, it's Kirby smart. I know it's two different languages, but since Kirby smarts gotten there, the yeah, gap has closed. The gap it, has it closed. definitely has. And you saw the national game game last year. That, that, you know, I thought in the SC Championship game, they had no chance. Alabama had no chance to beat Georgia. You know, they come back. Georgia beats them a month later, and they look dominant. He finally got, um you know, and I know Alabama had a lead, too, in the fourth quarter, but Georgia in that fourth quarter really took it to them. Uh, you know, get Kirby smart. I, I've had my issues with Kirby, but, again, he's done a fantastic job with that program. They, he's definitely elevated it to that level. They are on the Ohio State and where they are with Clemson as well. They're where they've separated themselves from the pack, you know, from the rest of the pack. And they're kind of on the top elite level tier. So, yeah, I think Georgia is going to come back again. They're going to win the East. I think second place is really wide open the SEC East, but they, they should win it. It's not going to be as easy as last year, but they, they should still win the East pretty comfortably. Um, but yeah, going back to Ohio State, you know, they, they're they're gonna be CJ Stroud, you know, Marvin Harrison, Jackson, um, you know, Nika Smith, who got an outstanding Rose Bowl, Ohio State and Alabama, those three pretty much you kind of feel comfortable would be locked into a playoff spot this year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh for the top ten, who is who is your team that you would have you you would have out of the two is your team you would have at, at is in the top ten that you would have out of the top ten? 
I go with AM and I know I've been a big AM guy. A lot of people down, the sh- I don't know why, but I don't, yeah, I don't get I don't, that either. I th- maybe, maybe it's the fact that. he just had played with really good receivers. He played with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and uh, Smith, Smith and Jigba last year. Maybe that's the reason why, but I think, and, and, and the thing is with the Ohio State quarterback, there's very few that have worked. I mean, Justin Fields is trying to work, uh, it's, it's trying to work with the Bears, but yeah, just very few Ohio State quarterbacks have worked. Maybe that's that's why, yeah, that was my that was I was gonna bring up. Um, when I saw that comment, cause yeah, and, and every quarterback's different. So like, I, I, you can't really base it off that, but I, I could see why people kind of feel that way about Ohio state quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, it, again, CJ shots been as good as any other Ohio state quarterback out there. So again, I, one of these quarterbacks has to turn out. A, it's a great pro for Ohio state. Maybe CJ shots. that guy. we'll find out in the draft. I think LSU should be higher. I, they got a lot of talent, but I'm not a big Jaden Daniels fan. I, I think Brian Kelly did a phenomenal job at Notre Dame and got him to their ceiling. Um, but that's a tough West. I, I even think in the SEC, West second place could be pretty open. I think AM should finish second. But back to, you know, but with my AM point, they're eight and four last year. And we always call it Jimbo Fisher's always been known as like the uh, quarterback whisperer. But other, but other than Jameis Winston, what other quarterback has he really developed at the college oh, level? No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. None. And, so, and I agree. Yeah. Yeah. None. No, no quarterback. Yeah. Actually, you can. Yeah, I, uh, what's your other point? I know you. No, 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 no. No, go on. Go on. I didn't know you had another one. Okay. You um, I, you know, I think actually it's kind of, I think I remember LSU being like 14th. Maybe they're not in the coaches' uh, poll. LSU is not in the coach. Not LSU is not in the AP poll. Maybe in the coaches' poll, they're 14th. I don't think they're, I don't know. If they no, were they're not even in. Poll. No, they're not. No, they're not in either poll. Um, but yeah, going back to AM, Haynes King got injured last year, so I understand why they're eight and four. They kind of showed the quarterback position. But they're the first team to finish in the top or be picked in the top ten to go eight and four the year prior since Nordy in nineteen eighty three. Like I think AM's a really good team, but I don't think they're the sixth best team in the country. I think Haynes King could be a really good quarterback, but I gotta see it first. And Jimbo, this is a huge year for him. I know they went ten and one in twenty twenty, but other than that, it's been Ian Four, he's got it. He's had the best recruiting class in college football history coming in this year. I know they can't; they're not all going to make a difference this year, but this is a big year for Jimbo to really kind of prove it to AM and everybody else that he can turn this program into a national championship contender. Um, because he can't go in four again, and so I think the big year for Jimbo. I think they're a good team, but they should not be sixth. No, no, and I think they should be out of the top ten too. I, I, I think that's that's my team. Who I think should be out of the top ten because, uh, because uh, you know who's who their quarterback going to be, and they lost Isaiah Spiller. So for me, I think that that they, I think having them at six, they're really overrated being uh, being at six. But here's another one: Who is the team that is in that is not in the top uh, twenty five that that should be, then the top ten that should be in the top ten? And I think it's NC State because of Devin Leary. Wow. I put uh, NC State is my team who I think that isn't in the top ten that should be in the top ten because of the quarterback. Absolutely. I love Devin Leary. Again, I think he'd be this year's Kenny Pickett. Even though he had 35 touchdowns on the five interceptions last year, nobody ever talked about him. You know, I, he's not an athlete. You know, he's 6'1". You know, he's not much of a runner, but he's got an arm. You know, they got 10 guys back on the defense. And that includes, you know, bringing back um, Derek Thompson, that linebacker who missed all of last year. You know, Peyton Wilson on the other side at the linebacker position, really good as well. They're two of the top, you know, linebackers in the all-ATC. So I, I really love this NC State team. I think Dave Dorn's done an unbelievable job. I think he's very underrated. I think uh, Utah, Utah is number seven right, um, in the country right now. 
Um, they, they, they're going to be another really good team this year. But yeah, I think NC State. I love NC State. I think you know they got to go to Clemson, but I think this team could be eleven to one. It would not shock me. I love Dave Doran, such a heck of a coach, and uh, I got NC State as well in the top. They should be in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. So uh, who's your team that is in the top twenty five that shouldn't be in the top twenty five? And I'm going with Ole Miss. They lost. They lost Matt Corral and Jackson Dart was not great at USC last year. He didn't. He didn't win a ton of games at USC last year, especially without Drake London. So. My team that should that is it that's in the top twenty five that shouldn't be is Ole Miss. I can see that one again. They're definitely gonna get set back. I think it's part of Jackson Dart problem was their line was so atrocious. That's why I think they're very overrated this year. I don't like them because they're not good up front. You know, I think Utah is gonna obliterate them. Well, not obliterate, but I don't think they're beating Utah. I don't think they're gonna beat the Ducks either. Who um, USA? They're, they're, yeah, I don't. I think they're overrated. I think they're very. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But they got Caleb Williams. They got Jordan Addison, and they got they got Die from Oregon. I think, I think there's a good chance. I think that there's a chance they could win that Pac-12. I don't know if they make the playoff, but I think there's a chance they win the Pac-12 in year one. I know you don't like the defense or the offensive line, no. but what wins in college football, they kind of have the pieces. I mean, they, they don't have all the pieces. They got some pieces there. They do. They they get the skill. But look at Oregon last year. Look at what Utah did with them. Utah absolutely know, obliterated them up front. I don't know. Jace, Jace I think Utah's not going to do that. Jason's going to like him. He like no. he's he's a big Utah guy, and uh, you're a big Utah guy too. I'm not as big of a Utah guy. I, I think I they have why. a really good chance to win the Pac-12, but they don't have the upside of a U of a USC in terms of at the quarterback position. They can't all be pretty. It's Utah. It's not. You know, I know. They can't I know. I know. They can't, they can't I know. get the five four stars. I know. I know. You know? I know. Kyle Williams did a phenomenal job there. I, I, again, I believe you can a really good coach, but Caleb Williams was up and down last year. Um, I think up front, I, I think that's what's going to kill him. I still think I, you still get, you know, these games still are important. You know, you still, I think win or lose games, um, you know, in the trenches. And I don't think USC is going to win a lot of those games. I, I really don't where they got go USC. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah they, uh, there's a bunch of OU guys now that are uh, out at <laughs> USC. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, Lincoln did, yeah, you know, and I think it shows how good you know Lincoln is, but um, yeah, going back to um, you know, I'll kind of finish Old Miss. I think, yeah, Lane Kiffin, you know, I think he's done a really good job at Old Miss, their first 10 win um season at Old Miss in program history, but yeah, I think they're gonna stay set back. But Jackson Dark coming in, I think gonna help, um, but yeah, I think they're they, they were right there too. Mine was Wake Forest, and the only way, way. One why I went Wake Forest because Sam Harbin's gonna miss some time, and I just don't like their defense. Their defense is gonna no, be defense, much better. They, yeah, defense is t- was bad last year. They, didn't Clemson put up like forty points on them? Yeah, yeah, they did. Army put up uh, that, that was a crazy one. Army fifty six on them. You know, I know Wake put up seventy, but um, they probably have the worst secondary in the ACC or right there with it. They're probably thirteen and fourteenth unit wise. So. I, 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 that's the only reason why if Sam Hartman was in there, I probably would have gone Ole Miss, but without Hartman, again, they, nobody knows how much time he's going to miss. Um, they do have Michael Griffs who they do like, and they thought he had a solid spring, but I don't, I think with Wake Forest's defense, I think they could struggle a bit. That's the only reason why I went to Demon Deacons. Yeah. Yeah. So for, I, yeah, I could see that because of their defense at Hartman being out. But now we'll get to teams, the teams that uh, we that are not in the top, a team that's not in the top 25 that should be in the top 25. And for me, that's Texas. It's Texas because of w- really one guy, B. John Robinson. He could be the best running back in the country. Another guy, Xavier Worthy. I know the quarterback's a question, but 
I think when you got a Bijan Robinson on your team, you should be in the top 25. Yeah, I, I Bijan's right there. Um, you know, Quinn Hughes, I think, is going to win the job. Again, he was top quarterback coming out of last year's class. You know, and, and whatever start and you know, whatever Stark has been, you know, especially now with the Manning commitment, whatever he told the Mannings, you know, it's you know they bought it and you know it's something good. So yeah, for me, I gotta see Stark prove it this year. I really do. I need to see him prove it to me this year. Uh, I thought last year they were up and down. I thought they were better than what they were under Herman. I gotta see. I think it's a prove it year for for her or not Herman for um Steve Sharkeesian. I think they are going the right direction. That was a close one for me, but I'm going with uh, Rocky Top and Devolves. I love it. good with hit with Hooker yeah. with Hooker. Yep, yep. And I think they could be the second best team in that in that um in the East this year. I really do. Hayden Hooker, the way they could score the score, you know, the last three years they've had a you know hypos had a top ten offenses in the country. I think yet again, I think they they should be the number four for him. Defense should be a little bit more improved. It's still not going to be great, but it should be better. Um, you know, I, especially in the back end, I think they should get a little bit better in the back end, but I do love this Vols team. Again, last year they lost 25 kids at transfer portal. It was create, you know, not, you know, they, they were dealing with all that. He came into a very tough situation and he did it all he could. And he, and Josh Heupel did a phenomenal job. I really like where this Tennessee team's headed. I think Tennessee's finally got the right guy where they're headed in the right, right direction. I got the Vols. I think the Vols could have a very, very positive year, and uh, can very can that fan base can finally start feeling some excitement because it's it's been a while for them. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah, I definitely think they could they could beat a, they could beat Kentucky. I think they could be better than Kentucky. I, I know Kentucky's got a lot of hype, but oh yeah, I think, and, uh, but, but they did lose Wendell Robinson, so I, I think they de- Tennessee could definitely beat a Kentucky, and they play Kentucky at Tennessee, right? Yes, I believe they do. Yeah. So they, so they could, so, yeah. So they should. So I think that's going to be a really good game, but I think Tennessee could win that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, Tennessee, I think it's in mid mid October, I believe that game is. Yeah, uh, October 29th, right before Tennessee goes to Georgia. Um, so that's a big one for them because, you know, you don't want to lose two straight. Tucky's got some fire now from uh, Cal Perry. Oh, Cal too. Perry, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what the heck? John Cal Perry, stop talking. Come on. I mean, you, you lost to St. Peter's and didn't you make the tournament the year before. Yeah. You lost to St. Peter's. Stop talking about a growing football program. Maybe you're jealous that you only won one national title with all those NBA guys. You're one of the most overrated coaches in the country. But stop talking about football. Why don't you say the football program is great and our program is great? Not, not to say, oh, we're a, you, have to, you have to say we're a basketball school. Yeah, you obviously are a basketball school, but stop saying it. Give the football team some credit. Yeah, I know. I, 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 you know, Cal too had to say this down when he was in the Bahamas too. He couldn't say this while he's down the, down, you know, down the hallway from Stoops. You know, Stoops would have uh, gone in there and had some oh, words yeah. for him. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, Cal, I, that's why he's he's a selfish. Uh, I, I can't stand Cal. But I don't know if you heard Stoops' comment, but he's like, yeah, I, I didn't get my program on third base. Which he's right. <laughs> he's right. Exactly. Cal yeah, from yeah, yeah. nothing. And Kentucky fans can't stand Cal Perry either, which is even funnier. But Hey, that that that's Cal Perry in a nutshell for you. So yeah, Kentucky too. Will Levis too. The uh, Penn, I, local, Penn State local made the mistakes not giving him. I know. The, uh, I know. I know. The, 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 pro- the problem was is they pulled him too early. They just didn't let him work through his issues. They pulled him too early. I mean, I know they won like three or four, four or five, three or four meaningless games. But instead of winning those three or four meaningless games, go two and nine. Let Levis work through his issues, and then you could be a national title contender. Uh, you could you could be a national title contender this year, but now 
they're going to be, you know, nine and three, eight and four, like they typically are. But if they stick with Levis, maybe they're not, they're probably our national title contender because he was a kid that Franklin recruited. Yeah, absolutely. They could be, you know, crazy too. Two top 10 uh, picks would be from Connecticut, two, you know, Connecticut school quarterbacks. Tyler Van Dyke and, uh, and, uh, and Levis. Yeah. Yeah. Levis. Yep, yeah. They're yeah. both, they're both prototypical court, you know, you know, with the size and all that, they got the arm strength. So, yeah, you know, Will Levis, uh, Kentucky, they're they're, they're going to be right there again. It's great to see what Mark Stoops is on with that program because yeah, they they were a mess and they were with Vandy every year. But yeah, he's done a phenomenal job with that with that program. It's it's great to see. Oh, absolutely, he's, 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 oh, he's absolutely done, done an outstanding job with 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 that program. But we got to wrap up the show. We're going to wrap the show with uh, the Christmas Day schedule in the NBA. We got some really good matchups. Warriors Grizzlies. That's going to be really fun watching that war. The Grizzlies team that is kind of trying to be a championship contender play the B, the 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 team in the Western Conference and the Golden State Warriors. You got the Mavericks and the Lakers. You got Luka going up against LeBron. We got the Nuggets and the Suns. You got uh, Jokic going up against a, a good Suns team. Uh, you got Knicks Sixers. That'll probably be the first game. Of, I think that I'm not totally sure, but I think that's probably going to be the first game uh, of the day. Usually the Knicks are the noon game, and then you got the defending. Uh, Eastern Conference champions going up against Giannis. So some really exciting games. I think the two I'm the most excited for are though are Warriors, Grizzlies, and uh, Celtics, Bucks. And it's crazy. Luka, LeBron is like third on the list. That shows you how good the slate is. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a terrific, um, ter- terrific slate. It's starting to lose some of those losses with the NFL kind of going with Christmas Day too now. Uh, but it's probably I would say like I think this is like the official kind of start to the NBA season. I feel like too. Like, I think Christmas is, like, when every – that's, like, the first day that really everybody kind of tunes in the NBA, I feel like. Um, it is a huge year. It's a huge day for them. Um, but, yeah, Golden State, Memphis should be a fun one. Um, you know, Morant versus Curry. Yeah, you know, LeBron, the Lakers team, you know, what's this Lakers team look like? You know, how healthy are they? You know, Luka. Luka sounds like he's in the best shape of his life, too. It sounds like, you know, um, he's he's on a mission this year. You know, Nuggets and Suns, you know, two teams that have some really good young core guys, you know, two teams that, and, you know. And we got a comment about the Knicks. The Knicks gave us charcoal on Christmas. <laughs> and that game yeah. against the Sixers is – if Harden is the same Harden we saw in the playoffs, that game is clear. They better put the game – that game should be at yeah. noon because that game is clearly five out of five. Yeah, that that that's a bad one. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell may – you know, they get – the Knicks-Mitchell trade comes, comes uh, done – you know, brings a little bit more excitement. You know, I think that's what the probably what the NBA is hoping for that that Don Mitchell's in a Nick jersey. Um, they'll help arrange for that game. But yeah, if the Harden's not very good, it's gonna be, if he struggles again, yeah, it's gonna be an ugly one. Yeah, Boston, Milwaukee, that's been a fun little series. You know, Tatum versus Giannis, two of the best young guys, superstars in the game. So yeah, those, those the five NBA games should um the, you know, Christmas Day games are usually pretty fun. Um, always go back and forth that, and the, I got the Diamond Head Classic too. That's always always oh, trying to go man. back and forth. That, that's that, that's your college best college basketball, right? Yeah, I always, yep, yep, oh, yep, wow. out in Hawaii. Wow, wow. wow. always go, yeah, go back course. and forth those. Of course, of course, you're those watching stuff. your college basketball. You love watching that. You definitely love watching that. But that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ for Justin D'Onofrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the Yankees and. We and recapping week two of the preseason. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open. It's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley. 
he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. 